And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 162 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Tim. Oh, we're haunted. Oh, no. Spooky. Yeah, spooky. So spooky. I was at Detective Pikachu. This was obviously a few weeks ago. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's so fun. I'm so upset. But I went to a very early showing of it. Early enough that the theaters had not actually turned on any of the safety lightings oh. on the screen. So as we walked in, and we, I just mean the general audience, like it was pitch black. Like people were having to use their phones to see. None of the like <laughs> lights on the stairs were on. So I find a seat, and I end up sitting in front of this dad and his two daughters. And one of the daughters keeps calling it spoopy. <laughs> and he goes, I think you mean spooky. No, it's not spooky, but it's spoopy. And this goes on for like five whole minutes. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, you have never been on the internet, have you, sir? No, no. It's spoopy. It was spoopy. It was not spooky. It was spoopy. His two-year-old, three-year-old, whatever she was, was right. (laughs) I think she was older than that, but children are all small and tiny. It's true. Anyway, so, I don't know. I haven't told the spoopy story, and I enjoy it. It's very funny. (laughs) It was hilarious to me. I was really having to work not to just die laughing sitting in front of them. How are you guys? I'm, well, that... Apparently. I don't know if it picked up my dog growling. I think, I think there's direct eye contact with me, too. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> He's going to eat you. He doesn't like ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, was... thanks for waiting till we started recording to decide you don't like me. We came home last night to my TV turned on, and it was super weird. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it was really weird, because it had been off, um, and it has an auto-off setting, so it turns itself off after however much inactivity. It's fucking weird. Mm. But then my cat is just, like, standing at the front door, staring at it. The locked <laughs> front door, mind you. Just, like, staring at the front door. I was like, and we're fucking haunted. Yeah. All right. I am leaving and burning this place down. All kinds of spoopy answers. <clears throat> yes. yes. Tim, have you done anything spoopy other than just being a ghost? Yeah, other than turning on Jenna's TV. Yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, Tim. I went to Momocon. That was spooky. Yeah. That was fun. I got to talk to Donny Cates and tell him how great he is. Yeah. And talk to Kyle Starks and tell him how great he is. He is great. Did, you bought something from Kyle Starks? I did. I bought. Cool. I don't owe him $15 anymore. <laughs> I bought Sex Castle. Oh, wait, is it 10 It was 10 It's 10 I, I owe. Wait, wait, wait. People need to go and buy stuff from Kyle Starks, please, because I owe him $10. How do you owe Kyle Starks $10? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Oh. <laughs> no. We, we don't talk about it. No. Um, I, I bought Sex Castle, and it was Good. amazing. And I bought a Cosmic Ghost Rider print from Megan Hutchinson, yes. which is also amazing. So good times. Good times were had. Excellent. We were there, too. We drank much soda. Much, much. I'm still drinking out of my mug. Yeah. So much soda. Want to talk about comics? Sure. Yes. Okay. We could we could stick with hauntings and soda. <laughs> Has anyone had any haunted soda? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I had Moxie a while back. <laughs> um probably okay well, does it count if it just like makes you burp a lot releasing demons i guess 
Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. That's that's like it's more being possessed. possessed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gin possessed by Red Forty. <laughs> I've got some big red in the pantry. Do it. <laughs> Do it. No. no. No, that's that's called breakup juice. Wait, did uh, okay, big red. This is apparently cream soda? No. What? Well, I guess maybe. I don't know. I it just tastes it like cream soda. It just tastes like, like red. It doesn't look like cream soda. It's red cream soda, I Th- guess. That's not a thing. But cream soda's brown. Cream soda's like a bastard damn. amber. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it it lives in the brown family. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I mean, like it falls under the umbrella of brown. Amber is a yellow, not a brown. I, I would call cream soda more tan, so I'm I'm with you in the bastard yeah, brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or whatever brown family. I'm being <laughs> stared at by both of them as though I, I've committed some great sin. Yes. You don't see color properly, Alex. What the fuck? As someone who can make gray light when I design lights, I think I do. I could probably do it too. You probably could. <laughs> they had uh, when we were in Louisville for the the half marathon. They had big red on tap. On the, tap? At the White Castle. Oh, my castle. God. Oh, my we, God. We Hold on. A, a White Castle. I know how to run a fucking marathon now. <laughs> <laughs> big red on tap. <laughs> Holy shit. They did. They had the big soda machine, and then they had the separate big red tap, and I was like, wow. My heart would literally explode. I also learned this week, thanks to Tim, that Louisville's, like, Farm League baseball team has yeah. the best logo and mascot ever, which Jen will hate. Because it's, it's a cute little cartoon bat. Yeah. Oh, no, I won't hate that. Okay. And they play at Louisville Slugger Stadium. I don't want a bat near me. It's the same with birds. I don't want it near me, but I do want to look at it. Okay. It's, it's adorable and it's cute. A cartoon bat yeah. holding a bat. It's fantastic. Like, I've been watching videos of fruit bats, and I, like, when they're just chewing up fruit, it's great. But when they start stretching out their wings, I get, like, panic attacks happening. I'm like, no, 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 don't, no. Stop. Be cute dog thing. Don't think of it as stretching their wings. Think of it as tiny little jazz hands. No, it's the little fucking claws on the tips of their wings. That's that, the jazz hands. No, it's okay, terrifying. Okay, they're spirit fingers, technically. Uh, it's Fine. Little, it's, technically, it's their thumbs, I think. Spirit thumbs. All bats are the fawns. Hey. hey. <laughs> she said destroy, number one. We have <laughs> oh, right. We talk about comics on this but show. But I leave all of that sometimes. in. That was very good. <laughs> This book, said destroy. this book's good. Um, it's a big space opera fantasy epic. Yeah, it is. And and I love that it combines those two things and does it good. Yeah. What's it about? Stuff. <laughs> things. Accurate. And such. And such, yeah. So like the sun god is the bad guy? Yeah. Yes. And death is the good guy. Well, yeah. I mean. Maybe. As far as we know. Yeah. I, I think after, that's correct. After one issue. Hey, look, as someone who had sun poisoning as a small child, the sun is the bad guy, yes. Yeah, the sun has always been sort of mine. It's there and hot yeah. and oppressive and stifling. Did we all have sun poisoning? Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's happened. Yeah. I had, like, leather on my shoulders from it. It was gross. Yeah. Like, literally for Pulled about six months. It was oh. so nasty. For about six months, I was not allowed to go out during daylight. <laughs> Man, I was forced to still. <laughs> it's like, it'll get better. Go outside. <laughs> It's not how this works. The outside did this to me. Like, my arms are not actually entirely freckly. Some of them are freckles, but a lot of them are like little red bumps that are still there. Yeah, I mean, that's my shoulders. Like, some of them, they look like freckles, but they're just scars. Yeah. You want to know how I got these scars? (laughs) The sun. The sun. Star damage. Star damage. That sounds way more dramatic and cool than sci-fi. Yeah. I'm weak to radiant damage. (laughs) I, I I can't take credit for that one. That was Strange Planet. Strange. So, I don't know what Strange Planet it's, is. It's a cute little webcomic. Oh, okay. It's adorable, and I love it. 
So sun god bad. Sun, sun god, god bad. bad. Yes. Sun god followers bad. Yes. Yeah. Death god followers good. Good. Yeah. Yes. Sun god followers stormtroopers. Death god followers cool magic people. Yes. Cool magic rebels. Yeah. That pretty much sums oh, it up. Wow. That's yeah. really what it is, yeah. isn't it? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Somehow there's, the, the there's a kid god... that has to save the universe. Yeah. And they send they send the kid to go speak to to uh the Death Morrigan. God, bad, or good. The Morrigan. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um to seek her advice on what to do about her sister the sun god coming to wipe them out. And when asked what they should do, she said destroy. Yeah. 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 I was like, "Oh, they did the thing. It's very <laughs> literal. I like it." The uh well, she said destroy, so I guess we gotta fuck him up. The other thing that I want to know is is the the sun god gets called a traitor early on for for hanging on to her followers. I'd like to know exactly what she did. Yeah, for to, real. To earn that that yeah. That so title. yeah, I guess we should talk about how all the other gods are. They, de- there were yeah. a plethora of gods, and yes. now they're all dead. They gone. Vast pantheon, two. if you will. Yeah. yeah huh. Various gods of various mm-hmm. planets, thousands of them living in this beautiful city. Like every 91 years, 11 of them are... No, okay. <laughs> different, different thing. Okay. Still the Morrigan. It's still the Morrigan. And I'd like to think it's the same Morrigan. <laughs> I do too, yeah. I want that to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. This is just Space Morrigan. She Sp- found her side hustle. Space Morrigan, who I don't hate now. Yeah. But I might in future issues. Yeah. Um, and as is the case in popular fiction, as people stop believing in their gods, they die. Yeah. Which is a conceit. I, I, I say this completely earnestly, not a bit of irony. Like, I, I love that conceit and it will never get me old for me. too, yes. Like. I adore it. Yes. Tim, you are being very quiet. Okay. And every time we begin to glance in your like direction, you like awkwardly <laughs> impishly, laugh at us. Impishly shy away from it. I, I did. I jumped to American Gods immediately. Yeah. When, yeah. So. I I love American Gods. I do too. I need to watch it's season two. Good. Well, see, I haven't seen the TV show. Oh. I like the book a lot. The book is very yeah. good. The TV show is very pretty. The TV show is... And I like a lot of the casting on it. The first season is Brian Fuller. Yes. And it is it is peak Brian Fuller. I mean, it's not like... It's no Hannibal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but it is all those beautiful, weird images... And then season two, they like try to do that again, but it's not Brian Fuller. Um, so you're like, oh, you almost got it. Oh, <laughs> good for you for trying. Maybe the season three showrunners will have a better time at it. Maybe. Because it's changing showrunners again. Yep. Is it? Yep. If it's a Brian Fuller project, you better expect for it to switch up a bunch. Hi, heroes. <laughs> okay. We have lost the, 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 the path here. So, oh, Tim, yes. what did you think? She said destroy. Oh, it's fantastic. Yes. Yes. Another, that's a, another great vault book. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're so good. We should just change the title of our show to Another Great Vault Book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vaultology. Yeah. Vaultology. Yeah. Anything else? It's very pretty. While we were on Planet Vault. Wasted Space, number 10. So good. Yes, If it you is. are not reading this book, you need to be reading this book. It's amazing. Billy Dunn nuked all the rich people. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yep. Yeah. That's where we left off on book nine was him, him setting off the nuke that you just kind of thought he was going to use as a bluff. And He found the, pa- the planet with the six people who benefited from Donald Trump's tax cut. Yes. <laughs> That's the analogy. And he nuked yeah. them. Yeah. He wanted Holy their shit. crypto keys and he was going to use the, the nuke as, yep. a, as a tool to get it. And then he decided to just go ahead and launch it when they started putting yeah. their mouths. Uh, <laughs> And then he made sure that he and his friends were at the edge of the blast radius. Yep. Which, I mean, like, right at the edge. So Dust was a little mad. It's like, you could have killed us. 
Nearly did get himself killed. Yeah. As, yeah. as a matter of fact. But he got the crypto keys. Yeah. And he got the, the, the information that he wanted. And he wanted to know where the, the creator is because he's yes. still on that. And he's I on won't some, kill that creator. Some planet no one's ever heard of. What, what planet oh, was that, Tim? Oh. Uh, Earth? Earth? I think it was Earth. Earth. Oh, oh, Earth, right. Not Earth. Earth. <laughs> Earth got Earth. it. Yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. He's like, he on that Earth. <laughs> what the hell's an Earth? <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm guessing they come into Earth. Oh, they're gonna shit. find that creator. What and, if they come to like our era, Earth? I, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering when the time period yeah. is going to. That shit would be crazy. Yeah, like right now right in now. a galaxy yeah. far, far away. You just <laughs> pop up in our podcasting studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, Legion. Legion's a little mad. A little bit. A little mad. Yeah. I'm not sure why. You mad about something? Never know. Something, something that creator did. Yeah. Hmm. But it's, if, if if seriously, if you're not reading it, the dialogue, the writing, everything, it's so good. This was originally supposed to be 10 issues, and now it's 25. Thank God. And TV? this is a very Tim, a very Tim thing. It's getting audiobook adaptations. Oh, that's what it was. It was the, uh, the uh, graphic audio, yeah. which is, if you haven't read, listened to, read, if you haven't listened to some of the graphic audio stuff, some of their comic adaptations are amazing. Uh, the Green Lantern stuff that I listened to was fantastic, and I know one of my favorite authors, Scott Segler, has some graphic audio books that are great, too. Graphic. Yeah. Graphic audio. It's a graphic novel so, for your ears. So graphic. Are they like fully voice acted? Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's full cast and yeah. you know sound effects. But no, it's <laughs> it's very it's very good. Now, real quick, run over to the other mic and 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 do it. We'll have to get to this Doppler effect as you run out of the room going woo. I hope that came through. Probably, but once I finish mixing it down, I switch to mono, so it'll also, just sound like a static woo. It was like Alex turned into a folk singer for a minute there. <laughs> turned into. <laughs> Angel number one. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So we yes. broke our usual rules a little bit and actually messaged each other about this one, Jen and I did. Yeah. This is good. It's very good. It's very, 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 very good. And this one, like, Buffy felt true to the TV show in, like, spirit and in the way the characters interact with each other. This one felt true to the TV show, period. Like, so good. It's so tonally the same. I love it. I obviously do not have the TV show point of reference. Although I'll say again, how buckwild would it be if I'd been like, Buffy never saw it. Watched all of Angel. <laughs> I would probably just punch you. Like, I would, that would make me violent. <laughs> oh, some some you... little voice in my head just said destroy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Morrigan. Yeah. Oh, no. You got the derpy one. Oh, did I? No. Who derps the derpman? <laughs> Right, Angel. So, let's back to back Angel. To, yeah. That's my autobiography. <laughs> um, so Angel, uh, yeah. there is a thing in this that should not work for me. I was I was finding words. Okay. 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 Sometimes I think about what I say before it comes out of my mouth. Lucky. Sometimes, rarely, every now and then, there is a thing I should not like about this that I do. Just for my brand, I should not like. Yeah. And that is the, the pushback against modern technology. Yeah. But it's done really well here, and it is not done in a, oh, you kids, and you're bric-a-brac. Yeah, I don't think that it's really against technology, per se, as it is against exposure. Yes. Like well, exposing oneself. I was, I was getting constantly. there. I was getting there. Well, I got there first. Thank you. <laughs> I was told slow and steady wins the race, but apparently not. Not when I'm involved. The silence is funny, but it'll get cut. Yeah. 
There was a long silence there where we just took turns staring at each other. It's true. Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the audio adaptation of things that you can't hear. So anyway, before I interrupted you and said the thing that you were going to say. I don't fucking remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Oops. We oopsed it. Sorry, Brian Hill. Your book is good. We oopsed it. Yeah. It starts with Angel narrating and talking about how he has lived so long and pretty much deserves the hell that he's in, but 16-year-olds haven't, and they don't deserve what they're doing to themselves. Oh. It's like, you're like, oh, yeah, back off, old man, but also you're right. <laughs> okay. Well, like, specifically, he gets into, into, it took me 200 years to learn that there is value in forgetting and now kids know it by the time they're 16. Yeah. Because everything they do is on the internet and permanent. And it blows back in their face so quickly yeah. that they learn the value of that now. Yeah. Wow. Profound. Which is why I like kind of the cranky, uh, technology in your insta face gram. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, like, maybe don't always live on it. Maybe that's okay. It's okay to have it, but don't do everything there. Yeah. I'm cool with that good middle ground. Yeah. Same. I need to go delete my Facebook now. I'll be back. (laughs) You want to know my secret cap? I always need to delete my Facebook. I've, I've all but deleted my Facebook at this point. One of these days, one of these days I'll do it. I don't know how we'll put, if, if episodes of Panelology stop showing up on Facebook, just now, we finally hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> we all said, fuck this. Uh, we should move on. This whole yeah. segment was a train wreck. Angel's very good. <laughs> it is very good. It's better than our discussion of it was, by far. Oh, yeah. 3,000%. <laughs> Stranger Things 6, number one. Tim, who I almost just called Brian because you're sitting in his chair. <laughs> Maybe Brian sits in my chair. Ooh, no, actually, Brian bought yeah, that chair. Yeah, yeah oh. Brian. <laughs> Brian. Oh, God. It's done doomed. Here's a fun Brian fact. He is bad at chair, and Jen made him buy and bring his own because she was tired of him breaking I hers. I didn't make him. I just told him he couldn't sit in any more of mine. Sort of the same effect, isn't it? Oh, well, he could yeah. sit on the floor. That's fine. No, I, um, wouldn't, I wouldn't let Brian sit on the floor. Stranger Things 6, number one, which is weird to say. It's cool. Uh, it's uh, basically a glimpse into another one of the the kids from the Hawkins Institute. Um, it's a precog. Yeah. So like a gear? <laughs> yes, yes. But an early gear. <laughs> um, yeah, she can see the future. Uh, you see how she interacts with her family and then, which, spoiler, not good. Um, and then how she ends up at the Hawkins Institute and basically what she's doing to hide what she sees from them. So it might be a fun little addition. I say fun. Funs might not, not be the word. Uh, yeah, we'll go with fun. A fun little addition to the Stranger Things story. We're going to keep reading it and see how it goes. Nice. None of these words mean anything to me. <laughs> yeah. He's Have never you not seen, seen it. Str- no. What? Yeah. I watched I the first episode. Exist? It was okay. What do you mean it was okay? It was so good. I watched the, the first episode. was okay. Oh. Just, uh, so this book obviously yeah, takes place before one. season one. Yes, 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 yes. Do, yes. do you like see? It's in the 70s. Is she seeing all the? Oh, it's in the seventies. Yeah, no, it's completely okay. separate from. But the, is she seeing the things that Eleven is going to do at no, some no, point? No, oh, no, damn it! You don't get any of the other characters except for the guy, uh, the white hair, whose name I forget. Yeah, whatever the director dude. Is. Yeah. I will say I'm very excited for the Stranger Things season three promotion that will be bringing back New Coke. <sighs> 
Is that really a thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. This summer, New Coke is supposed to come back to tie into season three, which is set in mm-hmm. 1985. I think that's really the love child of the fact that it is filmed in Georgia and Coke is from Georgia. Is it? And uh, fuck every part of this. <laughs> Doesn't everybody hate New Coke, though? Wasn't it horrible? Look, it's been 34 years since New Coke. There is... An agreed upon narrative that it was bad, which I'm pretty sure just means it was different than what Coke was. (laughs) And I am always for trying the thing that everyone says is bad just because it's different. We'll definitely try it because I don't remember new Coke. Signed, human who has a bottle of Crystal Pepsi in his refrigerator right now. I was going to mention Crystal Pepsi. Literally have a bottle in my fridge right now. That just lives there permanently? At some point I'll drink it. Uh (laughs) Picked it up a couple months ago. Uh Is it still around? They bring it back seasonally. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not bad. It tastes like Pepsi. It's weird. It's weird. That should be brown. (laughs) Why is it clear? Are we going to have an argument about whether or not it lives in the brown family? (laughs) Go ahead. Fight me. (laughs) Fight me, Alex. It is brown. Uh, Crystal Pepsi is Crystal not brown. Crystal Pepsi is not brown. No, it should be, but it's not. I would maybe, maybe give up that the new mango Pepsi might be orange. I've never seen it out of a can. I'm sorry, what? Oh, you haven't seen that? I've not seen that. There's but some I'm downstairs, very and I'll give you one. Uh, it's fucking nasty. But well, it is made with real mango juice, so okay. it just, doesn't smell like cat piss, at least. You sold me on it. Now I have to try one, too. Mango Pepsi. They also have blueberry. Gross. Um, Lime juice Pepsi. Eh, I would rather just put fresh lime in my Pepsi. It's got like lime juice in it. It's not not lime flavored. Okay. Yeah. They they used to have lemon Diet Coke and I used to love it even though it was the fakest tasting like Diet Coke. That's I don't know why, but I I just, I really enjoy it. I don't, I'm not a big Diet Coke person. I mean, Diet anything usually makes me go Linda Blair because aspartame. Do they still have Pepsi Black? Which part of Linda are you? The pea soup or the head yeah. spinning around? Both. Take Both. one of each. No, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Let's get Alex some aspartame. I kind of no. want to see this. No. 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 no I Let's don't not be in my home much. when we do this, please. <laughs> okay, thank you. What were we even talking about? Oh, yeah. Stranger Things. <laughs> it fit. It yeah. all worked. Yep. Batman, last night on Earth number one. Okay, so I had for not forgotten. No, I'd forgotten how much I missed Snyder and Capullo on Batman. I loved this book. As did I. Especially Jokerhead. Yes. Jokerhead was so great. What? Yeah. Jokerhead? Did you not read this, Jen? No. Oh. Um, why? Hang on, I'm trying to formulate this in a way that sounds like the Joker fights Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Done. Done, sir. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Batman and Jokerhead. Um So this is this is designed to be kind of the the final piece, the capstone to Snyder and Capullo's Batman run, which ran through most of the new fifty two Batman, with exception of you know the occasional issue here or there. Um and metal and all of that. And this is how much of that run have you read, Tim? Real quick, actually, first before we get into how it ties in. Uh, not a lot. Okay. Not a lot. Uh, I read Metal. Okay. I'd read all of Metal, and then a little bit before that. Cool. So this project started out actually with Sean Murphy 
And then when Batman White Knight became a thing, he sort of left to do that. And Snyder reworked it to, to kind of be the last thing he and Capullo do together for a while. At DC, at least. Um, and it ties into this idea that was introduced like in Detective number 27, I think was where it was. Which was like a 100 page anniversary issue. Um, that showed a future where Batman cloned himself and trained himself through like his clones through like this this immersive simulator to give them the same trauma and uh, goals that he has, so that Gotham would always have a Batman. Which that kind of that kind of sci-fi piece sort of plays out through some of what comes after Endgame and uh, Super Heavy, and shows us this this shows us this future where the Bruce we know is dead. Some trauma, some tragedy, cataclysm has happened. And the Bruce we see in this is in Arkham. And the Joker is his doctor. And Harley is his behavioral therapist. And was Bane his, like, physical yeah. therapist? Yes. Something yes. like that. <laughs> um, like, all the all the rogues are these different Arkham doctors who are working with him. And Alfred is trying to get him to accept that he's not Batman and he's just Bruce and it was all in his head and yada 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 come home and we learn that this is like this small slice of it's like Disneyland but for Batman and Alfred is playing all the parts and they are all like it's Batman Westworld mm -hmm. essentially it is Gotham Westworld um, because the world outside has been totally destroyed, and it is Batman's fault. Oh, shit. And Bruce leaves to go see what happened and figure out how to fix it, and finds a lantern hanging in the desert with the Joker's severed head in it. Yep, still making jokes. <laughs> and I absolutely <clears throat> adore this, because like the way Snyder has treated the Joker through his whole run before this is like, the Joker sees himself as Batman's partner. The Joker loves Batman unconditionally. Everything he does, he does to make Batman better. And seeing them actually working together in this capacity is really fascinating as, like, the end of that. At the end of the world, who does each of them have left? Um, and there's also this, this recurring gag where, like, the Joker has written Batman a poem, but he can't remember it. <laughs> So he keeps, like, contriving these really dirty limericks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And eventually Bruce finds Wonder Woman, Diana, because there are no heroes anymore. And she's going to take the last surviving humans down into Hades to be safe there and give the world over to... Uh, what was the name of the villain in I this one? Remember. Omega That's or what I was actually like just that. trying to look up. I think it is Omega. Yeah. Um... And she's like, Bruce, come with us, help help protect them. They're the ones who want protection and who need protection. He's like, eh, I'm going to go fix this piece. <laughs> and and he, he bruises the, it. Uh, yeah. There's a bit where they're fighting giant babies, I guess. Giant Green Lantern construct yeah, babies? Yeah, because, so. okay, so they get to Coast City, and like a dead Mogo is hanging yeah. in the sky. And at some point in this conflict, there is a war that brought in the entire core. The, the central power battery is dead and shattered on, on on the ground in Coast City. And all the rings just started falling out of the sky. And whoever picked them up could, yeah, like, they got one. weakly wield them. Like, not super well. Mm -hmm. Right. But now there are these, like, giant, rabid baby constructs yeah. running around Coast City. 
And the Joker Jesus. is talking about how he and Batman need to work better together and that they'll eventually, you know, whatever, like along those lines. And he makes that comment right when one of these giant babies is stomping and he says, come on, Batman, baby steps. And then he gets tossed and he says, I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Joker line ever. Yeah, that's one thing that like Scott Snyder does really well with the Joker is actually make him funny sometimes. <laughs> nice. It's so good. And I never realized until I think it was something in Endgame. Is that what that was called? I keep calling it that. The Batman arc where he and the Joker fight. And I think it was called I think Endgame. it is. Um like there's an issue of that that like it's this big the Joker has the upper hand and it's super dark and then the Joker makes a comment that was actually like literally laugh out loud funny and I'm like oh I don't think I've ever actually laughed at the Joker oh, before. No, <laughs> I, I definitely did at this point. and it there was a, a really great movie. moment. Yeah. Um, I I can't say enough about this. So obviously, having read all the Scott Snyder Batman stuff, I loved it. Did it work well for you without oh, having... Cool. Absolutely. I, at first, when I first started reading it, I was like, oh, great. The villains are going to try and convince Batman that he's crazy and he never was bat." And then it led into a, like, yeah. a different avenue from that, that yeah. trope. And I was like, no, this is good. This is very good. And then we got to the Joker and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is just I fantastic. Mean, even the cover of this is a silhouette of Batman yeah. carrying the Joker's head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nice. It's yeah. so good. Um, I, I, I I could keep going, but I'm not going to because we have more stuff to do. Doomsday Clock, number 10. Tim, you caught up on Doomsday Clock this I did. This I read week. a lot of Doomsday Clock this How week. How much did you have to read to catch up? Uh, seven issues. What did you think? Uh, it's very good. Uh, I am very much enjoying the story and, and, and what they're doing with it. And it's doing a little more what I thought it was going to do and got talked out of, I guess. Uh, the <laughs> appearance of Wally West throughout it uh the just the big thing in this issue was the superman the, yeah. the way that he plays with the the time stream yeah um he makes it to where alan scott never picks up a, a green lantern to see the results there was no obviously justice society at that point then he plays with it a little bit to where there was a justice society but they never interacted with superman the more he tweaks with it the more different things happen but it seems like superman always comes to earth well what we learn <laughs> in this one is that all of those changes so yeah, this issue specifically is, and we, we so we've seen this moment earlier on, which is I think why it comes across at first that it's it's Manhattan doing because Manhattan yes. through most of this is painted to be like the villain of the story, right? And I think after reading this issue that he is not expressly that. I think he looks like that, and maybe he's playing that role now because that's the role that he thinks he's expected to play. Mm -hmm. But we see in an earlier issue something that makes it look like he has stopped the Justice Society from forming. And in this we see that, and this gets very meta, this almost gets like Grant Morrison mm -hmm. level meta. And I love this issue, I wanted to talk about this one because of this. We see him, him being uh, Dr. Manhattan, show up in the year on the day that Action Comics number one debuted in L.A. And we see this, like, conversation he has with this struggling actor who he starts mm -hmm. telling his future a year in advance at a time because he needs to test his powers. His powers don't work as well here, so he's trying to hone them and start seeing the future again. So he, just in this very small scale, tells this guy, yeah, you'll get this role. Yeah, you'll win this award. Yeah, this will happen. And at one point, he's having this conversation, and the guy doesn't remember who Superman is. And suddenly it's like Superman has never been there. So he goes through time and sees, okay, now Superman 
landed here in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Now Superman landed here in 1985. And as you do, you get... And this kind of goes back to kind of the things that have been building throughout the series. Mm-hmm. All these moments that have changed haven't changed because Manhattan has fucked with things. They've changed because Superman has arrived at a different point in time. Mm-hmm. Every time the story has gotten retconned, mm-hmm. the world has changed. That's and cool. Dr. Manhattan can see that. And there's a metaphor they don't make, and I love Jeff Johns for not explicitly making it, because it's the obvious metaphor. It's like a watch that's slipping. Okay. And mm-hmm. every time Superman slips closer in the future, more changes. You can't have had this happen. You can't have had... It starts with... Superman's no longer a member of the Justice Society. You yeah. can't have had that. None of them knows him because he showed up later. Now, there is no Justice Society. Now, there mm-hmm. is no Legion of Superheroes because he wasn't there in 1985 to inspire them when they came back. Right. Um, so he's like, okay, I'm going to do a test. And then he makes Flashpoint. <laughs> oh, no. So only that last time, or mucks with things during the course of Flashpoint, he, he, the last retcon yeah. is him. Um, and we still don't know exactly to what end. We still don't know what this conflict that looks like he kills Superman or Superman kills him or they kill each yeah. other is exactly. Yeah. Um, this issue is a lot of payoff for a lot of what this has been building, though. And I think it's a really satisfying payoff. Yeah. I still think maybe some of those early issues, I don't see how they fit in yet. Especially the stuff that's like the Ozymandias coming over and Batman and Rorschach meeting and all of that. Yeah. I don't know how all of that's going to fit in in the next couple of issues. But I like the shape of the thing that this is taking. It's yeah, very I do too. different I from do too. What, what right up until it I expected it to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it is interesting to see, I guess, how how you're you're solidifying all these things that had been sort of all over the place in, yeah. in in the history of of these comics you know you you could have looked at it different times and seen all these different things and it's all kind of becoming one tangible yeah. thing now well and it's kind of it's also kind of handling to that grant and specifically a grant morrison thing the idea that this is earth zero this is in the orrery of worlds the thing that every yeah, the, other universe rests on he, he, he referred to it as the metaverse right a change the, here spills back and oh, changes the, every other reality right right which i thought was also a neat concept yeah but yeah it was it's it's a very interesting book and it's 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 interesting to see the parallels in the the world that they're in and the the world that Doctor Manhattan came from, for the different reasons the the uh, caped superheroes and how they're they're being treated by the the masses I guess and the, yeah. the unrest that's caused all around. There's also just like a really satisfying Doctor Manhattan also is kind of dumb sometimes moment which is going back and showing the whole. I'm going to go to a simpler universe. Yeah. (laughs) And then this is like the universe where his powers don't work right. And he doesn't understand the rules. And maybe it's not so simple. The Uh, part at the end where he talks about how um, Superman is a man of action and he's a man of inaction. Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting sort of thought as he's kind of just, you know, riding the waves through everything. And, you know, like, oh, tinker with this. And you you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's neat, neat concepts. All right. Jen. Yes. Heroes in Crisis. This is the end, right? Yes. The very last one. Um, and we get really, 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 really good Booster Gold, Booster and uh, Blue Beetle stuff being adorable. And Booster Gold is just fucking hilarious. And and he 
he maybe does a body heist and it's wonderful booster gold body snatcher yeah body creator and snatcher yeah this is wrapping up everything yes and it tells you why wally west is dead yes and why he's not yes and I really enjoyed it. I really thought it was wonderful. What did you think, Al? I think that everything that I was concerned for my own personal enjoyment of it might be the shape of the thing after, like, issue two or three. More or less wound up being the shape of the thing after issue two or three. I think there are some very interesting ideas in here. And there are some moments I liked in here. Oh, there's some damn good moments. I don't know that I necessarily like or at least agree with the message in a lot of the payoff in this issue. And I still have some structural problems. I'm very mixed on these last couple of issues. Heroes in Crisis as a whole, not for me. So I've I've really actually enjoyed it a lot. Like a lot. Way more than you, I guess. Yeah. Um, It's probably accurate. But I was still like hey but he did kill a lot of people though mm-hmm. like that's still not okay he killed a lot of people yeah i agree with the whole you don't deserve to kill yourself because you had a moment of weakness and couldn't contain all of this power that resides inside of your body sure but he did still kill a lot of people though and like i think that's that is a good example of the kind of thing that i'm bumping into with it Mm -hmm. ignoring the structure and the unsolvable mystery setup and all of that yeah the the mental health premise we get a little bit more of at the end of the series than we do in any concrete way early on and i think the questions that get asked are good and valid questions like do i deserve to die for doing this Mm -hmm. no but the explanation of those answers is what isn't satisfying to me. Okay. The other example in this for me is the, the I'm a hero, shouldn't I sacrifice myself? And no, no, that's not healthy. That's not. But the answer that's given is no, because you have all these relationships to other people. And I don't think the, the argument, well, no, you need to exist for your value to others See, I didn't read it is, like that. See, I read it that way. I, I read it. The, I didn't at all. We had we, and maybe this is just a difference of interpretation. Then, but. yeah. Well, I, I especially didn't read it that way. Like when Harley and Ivy were like, "Hey, guess what? We're bad guys. We've fucking been there, and we don't. I know we're bad guys, but we don't think that we deserve to die either, though." No, and that's again, Wait, heroing is hard, and we've tried it. And that part is not the part I... It's, it's, the, it's the whole, we're brothers and we're sisters, and because of these relationships, we should not give up. Like, What's, what's wrong with that? It's a, <laughs> What's wrong with that, though? Because... Like, it's not about your value to others. It's about... I don't even know where I was going with that. I just, like, totally spaced. Because it, at the end of the day, I feel like couches everything an external locus of motivation and an external locus of control, and I don't think that's the entirely healthy answer when it comes to mental health and working through trauma. Okay. At, some time, at some point, you need some internal locus of motivation in that. Yeah, it, it, well, not that I'm any kind of expert on this, but it may not be the, the, the true answer, but it might be the easy, like like, if you need to... If you need something to hang on to quickly, that's the that thing. I think the, it's the easy yeah. answer, but I don't. And this is this is well, the, uh, you know what? Let's say short term instead of easy. Yeah, and you this know is the thing that something I think immediate. This is the thing that I think I've consistently bumped into in this is like these last two issues. I wanted this to be where the book started, and I didn't want it's okay. it's ending with I think a first step, 
And I feel like a first step is a weird thing to end on. For me personally, it just... So, There's so okay, much the, not... the payoff wasn't even the Wally stuff, though. We can agree with that, right? Like, the payoff of this book is not Wally's journey. I don't honestly know where the payoff is. I think the payoff, I I think the payoff I was exposing any. that heroes are having, or are having to go to therapy. I think that was the payoff. So that they don't feel, like, alienated. And people can go, okay, they're struggling, too. Period. They're the people who are helping us, and they're struggling, so maybe we don't need to think of them as gods. And I think that's probably fair, and I think you're right. I think, again, I think it's a structure problem for me at this point. Okay. I think the structure of the book, having that happen in issue two, and then not be addressed for five issues. Well, it was a chase scene. (laughs) It was a fucking five-issue chase scene, and I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to comment on the five-issue chase scene. But I think having that happen in issue two and then be ignored for several issues. And it was the five issue building of relationships. I'm totally going to read this today. Yeah, you so should. It's so good. I think we just, I, I, I get 100% why you and I would read this very different yeah. ways. As, as much as we tend to operate in similar ways. I think this very much preys on, not preys on, but plays to things that are... <laughs> so predatory. <laughs> Tom King is sick of our shit and is trying to end the podcast. He does not want Mike to tweet him any more photos of me asleep. Um, I'm not saying that's definitely happened, but it has. It's definitely it happened. Has, yeah. um, I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> but I do think like so much of what this is built on is actually stuff that you and I see very differently. Yeah, probably. Um <laughs> I see I have done terrible shit and I don't deserve to die. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not saying that's not there and I'm not saying I disagree with that. I'm glad to see you're setting the bar so high. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think just, yeah, it's, 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 I get why it works for you. Yeah. And I get why it doesn't work for me. And. <laughs> Neither of our traumas are invalid. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Hey, whoa. Whoa. I, I really, Whoa. I really want to know if it'll work for me now. You gotta like message me or something I, oh, as I'm soon as you to. do. I'm going to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I think. I think it's. It's. It's each person for their own yeah. when yeah. it comes to this book. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I want to be clear. I don't think it's like to the extent that there is an objective good or bad. I don't think Wait, it's bad. It's King, it's not bad. No. <laughs> I think it's DC's, just wrong for you. I think DC's marketing department should have handled what it was about very all, differently in their all press of the marketing up. departments well okay dc and marvel's marketing departments need to be fired period as in put into a fire <laughs> well, do they or does twitter also twitter end of heroes in crisis i enjoyed it alex did not boom done it's okay to not all like the same thing in it's the true same way. it's very true you know what i did like very much though what Superman Leviathan Rising special number one. <laughs> all right. I, Tim, you have not gotten to read this I yet at all. Not. I made Jen read the Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. I started the first one, the yeah. Bendis one, I guess. Because I had to talk about Jimmy Olsen with someone. Yes. This is kind of taking, so so this is setting up the Event, Leth- Event Leviathan. I'm going to stumble over <laughs> that title <laughs> for the next six months. The Event Leviathan Jesus. book. Um, and, and, are you good, Tim? (laughs) Tim's pop filter needs a little bit of, um... Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Pep. He needs some pep in his pop. Yeah. 
It's I was so definitely slow. not going to say that it needed some ED medicine, I, but that's fine. <laughs> I do not notice it sliding down until it's all the way down. <laughs> it's that slow. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Huh. Well, I mean, that's probably fine. <laughs> I don't notice it until it's all the way gone. That's probably not fine, actually. You should probably get you some shit checked out. God, and now I don't know what you're talking about. Down, down, down. Oh, okay. Oh my god. I meant down. My brain just didn't uh, do the thing with the words. Okay. Um. So this is prelude to the Event Leviathan mm-hmm. book. This is also taking kind of the disparate threads of Superman and action comics and weaving them together. So so this is, hold on, the the book, it's an event, right? And it's called Event Leviathan? Yes. Does that make it Event Event Leviathan? It's the Event Leviathan event. Well, <clears throat> I understand now why it's called that. Because uh-huh. all of this very much hinges on a singular event that has happened that is leviathan taking down every spy organization in the world simultaneously um which you've seen in action comics and like i said this this is kind of taking some of the action and superman stuff and, and blending it together this is set up so you can just kind of read it by itself if you haven't been reading the other books you could jump in here and be fine um it's also kind of its own singular self-contained story um the entire 80 page special is framed around clark kent being kidnapped essentially superman is flying home sees some people there to kidnap him it's clear that they're they're there for him not lois so he goes to lois he's like i'm gonna pull a you and let them kidnap me so i can get the story okay she's like no you're a terrible actor you're a terrible actor (laughs) i am not you're a terrible liar and acting is lying you can't do this He's like, well, people haven't figured out that Clark Kent is Superman, so hmm. And you know what? They are galactically stupid for not figuring it out in the course of this if they don't, because he lets himself get kidnapped, and they strap a kryptonite vest to him to blow up when Superman comes, and then Superman never shows. And he keeps getting sicker and sicker. That's so good. (laughs) So good. Do they really not figure it out? Do they really not? Like I say, galactically stupid. Oh my god! Um, at one point, like they, his glasses fall off, and the the head of Leviathan's like, "Here, your glasses have fallen off. Let me put them back on for you." <laughs> it's weird. You look just like Superman without your glasses on. I think. Huh. He, I think he knows. He better. I think know. he's just playing dumb. Um, the whole issue is bookended by Bendis stuff. We get our first taste of the Rucka one or Rucka Wonder Woman, Rucka Lois Lane, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun, and our first taste of the Fraction Jimmy Olsen, yes. which is, I mean, basically from the first page to the last page of that, I was just grinning like a maniac. It is so fun and goofy, and and I just need it all in my veins right now. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen wakes up nude in in bed with his new wife, an intergalactic jewel thief. Mostly nude. He had a bow tie. Did have a bow tie. Although I think at that point, that's like naked plus one. Yeah. That's a bow tie of plus one nudity at that point. Yeah. Um, We learned that Jimmy Olsen... Chippendale's level of nudity, yeah. yeah. Jimmy Olsen has a surprising amount of abs. Yeah. Don't know how (laughs) I feel about that. But hey... Um, and also there's a cat in the bathroom. (laughs) 
such such rage in this cat yes and the best i mean my favorite thing about the cat reveals i'm like oh a blue cat i wonder why it's blue oh shit yeah it's vomiting blood now i know why it's blue (laughs) (laughs) jimmy olsen and dexter I didn't know I needed it. <laughs> Matt Fraction knew I needed it. Yeah, Matt apparently. Matt Fraction gave it to me. Matt Fraction knows what I need, and he gives it to me. He's very generous. He is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he writes a book called Sex Criminals. Yeah, I mean, no, I feel I don't like think, I have to turn I it into innuendo. no joke is too far yeah. after having read Sex Criminals. Challenge accepted. Okay, wait. I forgot your superpower. <laughs> um. Anyway, yes, like... Read this. I mean, Bendis as Superman has been solid, but this is... I think this is going to be a big, fun... Like, a good balance between fun and actual stakes, but a big, fun superhero event thing. Sweet. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number five. Tim. It's the best book of the year. <laughs> it is definitely up it's there. Made so it's much, only halfway through the year. It's made so much better. But having binged Doomsday Clock... Like, just getting that sort of, like, Watchmen refresher. Yeah. It just adds so much to this book. It's amazing. Also, don't know if everybody listening knows, but I started a cult. We're writing the tenants for the cult. <laughs> Peter Cannon, one of the tenants of the cult. Very good. <laughs> yes. Would you like to know what number 10 is? Yeah. David. David. Okay. Tenant number 10 is David. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. One point <laughs> Peter Cannon. Is... Like, there's no other answer there, yeah. so... At one point, Peter Cannon is talking about being a better person, and mm-hmm. he looks at his sort of Ozymandias counterpart, Peter Cannon, and he says, better is not static, it's a direction. And I was like, that's the best thing I've read in a comic this year. Oh, yeah. That's such yeah. a great line. So, Peter Cannon. My favorite line is actually, in this series is actually from the last issue. What was that one? Uh, he's not stuck in here with you, oh. and you're not stuck in here with him. We're stuck in here together. Yeah, no, that's a great one. <laughs> that's a great one. It's so good. Yeah. Wholesome 80s zine Watchmen cast <laughs> is the best Watchmen That's cast. That's adorable. Jen, you have to read this book. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it would have... Like, I imagine I would have read it, and it would have been good not having yeah. the sort of Watchmen stuff attached to it. I'd be like, oh, this is, this is neat. It's a good book. But having all that behind it just makes it amazing. I mean, the entire thesis behind this... The reason Gillen said, yeah, I'll write a Peter Cannon book, was because he wanted to do this kind of deconstruction of not Watchmen, but the comics industry's reaction to Watchmen. Yeah. Which is why each issue is kind of framed in a different style, like after a different major post-Watchmen run. Like the first issue is The Authority, and the second issue is just generally Grant Morrison exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) Um there's the 80s zine issue. Yeah. Um, nice. Or 90s zine. 90s, yeah. Late 80s, early 90s, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, there weren't enough pouches and shoulder pads for me to go 90s yeah. all the way. I can't wait till we talk about solicitations. All right, keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good news, it's, you don't have to wait long. It's, it's, that's just the bottom line in the story. It's great. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil too much of the story. But... Yeah. No, it's... I, I, will, I will say one thing, and I will call spoilers here for this one thing. Uh, I was very excited that Peter and Tempu yeah, did yeah. did get their mooch on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. They they reconcile and, and do smooch and then walk into vast infinite nothingness that is either demise or possibility. Oh, it's so good. It's hope for possibility. Yeah, like the possibility of a sequel. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, would, I would love to have more feet or ten. Yeah. All right. Um, Dick Tracy, Forever, number two. Okay, so Dick Tracy, Forever, number one, was set in 1931. Dick Tracy, Forever, number two, is set in 1951. So you're getting this sort of like time jump is he aging in real time Uh, no (laughs) no and that's what it's more of the wonderful anachronisms that i was uh, okay so and you you read it and you're like okay he's fighting the browns this is cool it's a green it's a i'm sorry it's a dick tracy story that's neat and it was it was pretty good and then i got to the last line that says next issue dick tracy 2021 and I cannot wait for this. <laughs> oh my I am God. so beyond excited about this. So no, it has nothing to do with like the normal flow of time. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Excellent. here for it. Yep. Nice. That's really all I got on that. Okay, I, like, I cannot cool. wait for three. Two is two is good. If you like Dick Tracy stuff, it's a good book. Three, I'm, I'm all about it. Cool. I'll probably be similarly quick here on Amazing Spider-Man number 22. I say, and then five minutes later, I'll move on. (laughs) Um, This is the end of Hunted. And I have not really known where Hunted has been going. um, Because it's very much drawing on... I mean, Craven is not a character I particularly care about. And as such, I haven't read like Craven's Last Hunt or any of that stuff. Um, and I, yeah, I, I get, this is not Craven's usual MO. Um, I get that the pieces don't really add up. And in this, you kind of get what Craven is up to. And it's, it's a version of the same, you are weak spider. I must make you strong. Um, the payoff for this, and I guess I'll call spoilers cause I, I want to talk about the payoff for this. The payoff for this though is kind of amazing. No pun actually intended there. Uh, for once, Peter's like, "No, look, you 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 make a an, uh, you make a strong case, but also these are all tricks, and you've constructed this thing, and I am not going to buy that in this constructed, contrived world that I still have made it through. That you're right. Like, I'm not going to kill. I'm going to keep doing things my way. I'm going to be compassionate. Get over it. The argument is more nuanced than that, but that's basically it. And actually, it convinces Craven. Why? Yeah. For how long? Well, um." Double extra heavy spoilers. He then puts on a second copy of the Black Spider suit and goes and lets his trained clone son kill him so Peter can escape and go save Mary Jane. Oh. He actually sacrifices himself so Peter can not suffer a trauma. Huh. Yeah. Huh. It's really well done. That's weird. Okay. I liked it. It was cool. Um, I'm... I'm really digging this Nick Spencer Spider-Man thing. And I will say again, I cannot wait for him to join the superior foes like I predicted in issue number one. <laughs> so Craven is dead? Yeah. Okay. Because the, the, the prophecy <laughs> Craven was... Craven is that, dead. Long live Craven 2.0. Yeah. The prophecy was that only the spider could kill the cra- could kill Craven. Uh, so he realized if he became the spider, becoming the spider would let him die. Okay. <laughs> Being the spider would kill him. Okay. Read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it sounds dumb, it's because you didn't read it. <laughs> if you're giving me a look like, this is dumb, Alex, why? That's how I know you didn't read it. Well, yeah. Also, I told you I didn't read it. <laughs> yes, I know. That's not you specifically. That's you and okay. the world. Like, if you come at me, you're like, Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Craven. Really? You didn't read it. Your question is, you did not read it. Alex, I didn't read it. Yes. All right, but real quick, one test to see if you read it. <laughs> Did you read it? Yes. 
No, still didn't still didn't read it. Also, but, this is where I remind you, it's Nick Spencer, and you're a bigger Nick Spencer fan than true. I am. I am, yeah. I also really like Craven, especially when he wears Garfield. <laughs> I have that refrigerator magnet now. It's so good. I also have one of John Arbuckle as Galactus. It just says hungry. Yes. Yeah, Rico Renzi. Oh, did we talk about all the stuff that we got at Momocon? No. Because we should, at some point, talk about our wonderful villain cards. Yes. How about now? Okay. So Rico Renzi had, if you've read Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, she has these, the, or if you haven't read it, if you have read it, you know this. If you haven't read it, you don't know. She has these Deadpool villain trading cards that have, But like, have you read it? <laughs> yes. Have you? A quick test to see Some. if you've read it. <laughs> A uh, little. Uh, and they have, like, fun facts about each villain and maybe weaknesses or whatever. He had printouts like four by six. Or smaller. A little smaller. They're bigger than three by five, but smaller than four by six. Yeah. That doesn't leave a lot of room. No. Three and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Bigger than wallet size. Uh, Yes. She looks at me like I'm a maniac when I say this, but standard trading cards are like wallet size. Yeah. That wasn't maniac. Look. Oh. Maybe Jen's that just was, very tired. That was confirming. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I have no idea what my face is doing. Yeah. Okay. It's looking at me like I'm a maniac. I'm getting a lot of very judgmental faces today. <laughs> I think I'm looking at you like I'm a maniac. Okay. <laughs> Por qué no los dos? Yeah. Honestly, um, los dos. Anyway, so you have these blank villain trading, Deadpool villain trading cards, and was doing sketches of villains on request on them. Yes. And. I got Taskmaster, Master of Tasks. It's very good. It's very good. And Taskmaster in general makes me happy. Yeah. And I got Brodoc. <laughs> you got Brodoc. It's so good. It's so wonderful. It made me very happy. Yeah. It's such a good Brodoc. Like, what a great thing. What a, what a great way to do, like, quick sketches at yeah. a con. Also, he was like, is this okay? <laughs> I was like, it's perfect! <laughs> So now he thinks I'm a crazy person, and that's fine because I am. Yeah. Any any other things we need to brag about? Getting mm. can we celebrate capitalism anymore? Well, I do still owe Kyle Starks. <laughs> yes, right. Buy things from Kyle Starks. Please, oh, please, please, oh, please, don't give us your money this week. Buy things from Kyle Starks. Hey, if you know John Hodgman, put put uh, Rock Candy Mountain in front of him. Hell he yeah! Is also a known hobo. He would be all about Fetishist that. Is not the <laughs> word, Alex. Enthusiast, aficionado. Enthusiast. There we go. Definitely enthusiast. not fetishist. Enthusiast was what I wanted. Well, I just went a letter fetishist. too far in the alphabet. Who knows? <laughs> you can't put your bindle there. Put your bindle there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Avenue Q joke. Yes. Um. <laughs> I knew if I phrased it that way, though, that you'd follow through. <laughs> Tim is wondering why he's here. <laughs> I know what that look is. It's he's the, like, you know what I'm it's a sex about? thing again, right? You, you, yeah. Okay. You, you know what I'm thinking about? The Jugger Duck Juggernut crossover that <laughs> yeah. was mentioned. Uh, that I really, really want to be a thing. It better happen. Yeah. Hey, are we recording? Okay, just making sure. I know how it is when Tim's here sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah. We got good, good con stuff. We did. Is it still good? Yes. Blossom, 666, number four. Yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what if we do that this week? We're just like, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. The following things are all still good. Uh, 
Cheryl and Jason versus the world. Betty is going to ruin them. Detective Comics Annual Number Two: Batman doesn't fear the Reaper. Clang, clang, clang. That's me doing a cowbell impersonation. <laughs> Dark Days of Summer Number One. Oh wait, we were going to skip this and come back to it next week because I wasn't able to pick. But it up. yes, it's very fucking good. Yes, it's very good. There's Stepan Shayek art. There is, yeah, 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 yeah. Volleyball. Stepan Shayek art. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Assassination Number Three. Oh, shit, I'm trying to remember what, everything that happens in this. There's a lot. A lot happened in this one. And Jed owes Kyle Stark's money. And I owe him money, so I better do a good job. I read one and two, and they were very good. And now I'm sad because I didn't know number They're three came so out this week. Good. I don't have it on my pull list yet. You've got to get on top of your pull I list. I do. I do. You get caught the behind these things a lot. I do. Do I need to just, like, each week? Like, here we go. Do, do you need to just give me those, like, each week I tell you what books you need to buy? It, it might be. Do it you need, be. like, a bespoke like, <laughs> yes. comics yes. concierge? Like a like a butler, if you will. Something subtler. <laughs> subtler. <laughs> you fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> subtler butler? No. Yes. It was a Sweetie Todd reference. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm lost on these, these theater references. Yeah. That's fine. You would enjoy Sweeney Todd. Would I? Yeah. Okay. Nobody doesn't enjoy Sweeney Todd. All right. Next Sweeney Todd's the Sarah Lee of cannibalism. You know what I need, though? I need Some rope? S- Sarah Lee. <laughs> I need someone to tell me when I have an option to see Sweeney Todd. Okay. I will. Okay. Um, Assassination. Assassination number three. We've amped for time. Have you remembered everything that happens? No. <laughs> we lose some more good, good kill boys. They do their job very well, though. And maybe they don't have all the information about what their job really entails. Let's go buy it. Go buy it. Hey, go buy it. Hey, go buy three copies. That'll really put me over the line. Thanks. I'm going to buy one. <laughs> okay. Black Science number 40 teaches us that every person is their own worst enemy. Hi, Rick Remender. You made it sad. Oh. Nah, it's good. I love it. Actually, this is the optimistic Rick Remender book. Jesus. Uh, Black Panther, number 12. Um, Jen Bartel draws it. Do I actually need to say anything else Fuck about no. it? no! Okay, moving on. <laughs> Daredevil, number 6. Um, how can I do this without spoiling number 5 for Jen, who hasn't read it yet? La 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 la. Um, we see the world one month post the death of Daredevil. Fantastic Four, number 10. Uh, it is a Yancey Street block party. <laughs> and as the Fantastic Four goes off to fight in the War of the Realms, Franklin, Valeria, and Lunella Lafayette stay to protect Lancey Street. Yancey Street. Lancey Street is the medieval version of the <laughs> you know, Joust. Um ye old thing (laughs) oh no i need this story now (laughs) the immortal hulk number 18 i can't make brian explain an issue of the hulk damn it i have to do it myself um hulk stuff happens (laughs) doc samson rendezvous with omega flight as the hulk's reporter friend finds a winged, a harpy version of Red She-Hulk. And Bruce makes a list of all the personalities that show up inside of Bruce and inside of Hulk. 
and uh, then meets the abomination who is Rick Jones. Okay. You made a lot of faces during There's that There's a lot going on in that. that There's book. a lot going on in this book. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, does Hulk slash Bruce Banner have a dissociative well, system? So, the setup here is that he's Bruce by day and Hulk by night. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but so, so yes, literally dissociative. Literally, yes. Disorder, so it's actually, yes. It's actually kind of Bruce's thing. Um, <laughs> but now Joe Fixit sometimes shows up when it's Bruce's body, and Bruce is still not there. And sometimes it's Devil Hulk, and sometimes it's so he does Kid have Hulk. a system. Then. Yeah. Okay. And this is this know. is actually Bruce realizing there is a pattern, and there are, or at least there are rules, mm-hmm. and trying to codify those rules. What's Devil Hulk? I don't know Devil Hulk. Um, something, something 90s. Okay. I don't know. Hulk history is not my strong point. Mm-mm. Joe Fixit, I remember. Do- Devil Hulk, yeah. I don't. Um, basically it's like a meaner version of the Hulk, like a more chaotic evil Hulk okay. rather than just chaotic neutral. Okay. Um. It's the one that wants to smash. Yeah. Versus the one that just can't help smashing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one smashes because he must. One smashes because he can. Yeah. Yes. I can, I must, I will. <laughs> That's the Peter Cannon Hulk. <laughs> um, Magnificent Miss Marvel, number three. Kamala and her parents go join space. The, those are words. Go, go join, join space. space. Go to space and join up with uh, some revolutionaries. Okay. Can I go join space now? Superior Spider-Man number six, Doc Ock and Doctor Strange fight demons together. Ooh. Thanos number two. Turns out Gamora was a very smart kid. Hmm. Thor number 13. Cole Borson uh, inspires some dark elf kids to not be shitty. War of the Realms, War Squirrels, War Squirrels. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not the... Un- I, war Squirrels. War Squirrels. Also War Scrolls. Also War Scrolls. War Scrolls. Um, I like War Squirrels, personally. Like yeah. War Squirrels. Yeah. And I really hope that yeah. joke gets made in the, the Squirrel Girl it War better. of the Realms time. It better. War scrolls, not shape-shifting aliens, but pieces of paper that 18-year-olds hang on their walls if they're nerdy, and like anime and manga. I don't have any. I don't have any. It's not a scroll. It's it's a poster, but it looks scroll-y. It's very, very close to a scroll. Yeah. It's a square scroll. Square scroll was actually how people made websites in the (laughs) uh, BCE time. (laughs) How are we not sponsored by Squarespace? <laughs> that was very good. God damn it. I think we retroactively are now. I, I think there's a check oh. in the mail all of a sudden. Good. Good. Yeah, we make our website on Square Squirrel. <laughs> Square Squirrel, I did it. <laughs> oh my god. Now these are all things that I very much need to see, by the way. The War Squirrel and the Square Squirrel. Yeah, they'll team up to fight. The Scroll Squirrel? <laughs> that was really hard to say, by the way. Square Scroll is very good, though. Wilson Fisk gets a magical Norse hammer. Oh, no. He does not need that. And yet, he thinks he does. Wait, is the hammer his penis? <laughs> You'll have to read it. <laughs> the Forgotten Queen, number four. Uh, she deals with her Dracula problem. <laughs> And then uh, gets reunited with one of her brothers. She being the, the titular, you know, forgotten queen. 
Okay. Queen of Bad Dreams, number two. God, this book is good. Um, if you're not reading it, you're doing comics wrong. Stop. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Stop staring at me. I'll read number one today. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I only got to read this because Tim tracked down a copy because Diamond sent a wrong box to, to my comic shop. Not just, they weren't shorted on their small press stuff. Literally, someone else's box was swapped with their box. And they Oops. got like, I mean, they had like 20 copies of She Said Destroy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is awesome. They've never ordered that many copies of, of all. No. Um, that was clue number one. And it was only one of the two covers. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but Tim tracked me down a copy of this and then remembered that he had mm-hmm. bought, or then relearned that he had bought number one. Yeah. So <laughs> I will find you a copy of number two. Yep. And it's oh. thanks to Tim that I got to read this. Uh, this is the, 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 the book about the woman who hunts down sentient dreams that have come to life and escaped into the real world. She tracks down this dream and decides maybe she deserves to be able to live. Um, and really the whole thing is like a metaphor for autonomy. Hmm. It's really, really well done. I love it very much. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the future. And go through August solicitations. Let's do it. Are we all having fun on our phones? Yeah. I'm pulling up solicitations. It's like, wait a minute. Why didn't we all just check out? <laughs> I should pull mine up too. Let me get my phone. <laughs> Why did we all check out? It's glass, just my solicitations. Running away with me. Okay. First up. And I'm just going to go through these. Jump in as you've got stuff on the list. Cool. Princeless, book nine, Love Yourself, number one. This is the next volume of Princeless. Yep, be getting that. Yep. Definitely be getting that. Uh, Once and Future, number one. Yeah, um, this is Kieran Gillen. Yeah, I mean, that's really all. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, I got that for it. I'm like, well, at least checking number one. Yeah. They're... You, you realize that I didn't get past the authors on any one of my solicitations. Oh. Like, that's, yeah. Nice. That's a... I'm really bad about doing the same thing, yeah, honestly. Yeah. It's like yeah. certain names. I don't need to know what the book's about. Like, I'm yeah. going to buy it. If yeah. I see a good, good writer, yeah, obviously. Donny Kate's going to happen. If I see a good, good artist, oh, it's on. Yeah. I it's was... on mofos. Sometimes if I see certain colorists or letters, I'm like, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Yeah, if I see certain letters, I'm like, they don't work on bad books. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Here we go. Hassan's lettering this one? Reading it. Yep. Yeah. Matthew Wilson's coloring this one? Reading it. Yep. Anything Jen Bartel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, this book is about a government conspiracy to bring back a Arthurian legend monster thingy. Cool. It's Karen Gillan And somebody has to thwart that, yeah. I guess. There's something about a grandmother and her grandson. And I was like, I don't care. It's Karen. <laughs> but yes, also that sounds funny. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chosen Ones, number one. Did you see this one, Jen? I don't know. <laughs> I want to say the announcement for this one said it was a one-shot, although the solicitation text doesn't. This is basically like Slayers Through Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that first Slayer. She's, I love her so much. It's an anthology book. Each story is different writer, artist, team. Um, let's see if it says which Slayers we get in this one. Um, Journey Back in Time, when is all the stories? Birth of the Sunnydale, Hel- Sunnydale Hellmouth. That's hard for me to say. Um, Especially if you're Southern. 
Yeah, well, there's also a lot of speech therapy as a kid, and those two words have a lot of sounds I had yeah. trouble with as a kid, and um, still sometimes have to be like really focused on next to each other. I went through a lot of voice addiction classes when I was like 12 to 16, because I had a very southern voice, and yeah. I really wanted to be an actor. So my mom was like, well, you can't be an actor like that, <laughs> <laughs> so we must fix this. Yeah. Um, but still, anytime I do like an A-L-E-E-L-L together yep. sound, I'm like... Same. Sunnydale hail mouth. Yeah, see, I I can control it pretty good until I get around like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> other people that do it, and then it just yeah. pours out. Yeah, yeah. It's great. That's why I won't do it now because Jen is in the room. <laughs> Berserker Unbound. This is a four issue mini series. I did it again here. I saw Jeff Lemire reading it. Mike Diodato on art reading it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, sword and sorcery warrior finds himself blasted through a wormhole into a modern day metropolis where he must protect those around him from an evil wizard determined to send him to hell. Holy shit. What if this is like this one and Once in Future are like different sides of the same story? Uh, that would yeah. be insane. That actually would be. Tommy Gun Wizards number one, which I'm surprised I'm the only one who put this on my list. It's about magical gangsters. It's Elliot Ness fighting magical gangsters. Ooh, now that does sound fun. And Christian Ward is writing it. God damn it. I was fine until you said that. And Sammy Cavella, who did the art in, uh, oh, the Saladin Ahmed miniseries. It was so good. About the detective. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Hold on. Yep, nope, I got this. Motherfucker. Nope, it wasn't called that. Couldn't be. Anyway. Yeah, that one. Yep. God uh, damn it. Oh, it's like the end of the episode. I'm just going to scream it out. Yeah. Uh, Batman Superman number one. It's exactly what it sounds like. I don't yeah. think I need to explain that anymore. Sinestro, Year of the Villain number one. Tim. Written by Mark Russell. Yep. That's one of the best DC villains. And Mark Russell, we're done. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wildcats number one. I I will admit this is I'm going to do this one in trade because I've been doing all of the Warren Ellis Wildstorm stuff in trade, but it's Warren Ellis Wildstorm stuff and it's picking up where uh, the stuff that's happening now is going to wrap up and then this will continue and it's a six issue miniseries and if you haven't been reading his new Wildstorm, you need to be. It's very, very good. Uh, Omni number one. So Humanoids... Which is, I think, a European publisher that normally only publishes graphic novels. Is starting their own shared superhero universe. And this completely flew under my radar for a while. Until Free Comic Book Day. When they put out this free like teaser of what's coming up. That had a short story by Mark Wade and John Cassidy. Who are the people running their shared superhero universe. Um, and it had a really, like, season one Heroes vibe, this story did. So I was immediately very into it. Um, Omni is actually the third series to start. The first one, Ignited, comes out this Wednesday, okay. June 5th. Um, the second one, which is called Strangelands, and you would think this would be the thing that got it on my radar, somehow I missed this too, is written by Magdalene Visaggio. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and Omni is coming out in august strange lines comes out in july um devon grayson is writing ariella christentina who did the art for uh fuck what was that book called victorian bug lesbians insects thank you the other one was abbott ah abbott yes um i wanted to wait until the end and just scream it but i i thought better of myself yeah um 
Anyway, this whole humanoids shared universe thing I'm very excited for because it's got crazy good talent attached. And again, Mark Wade and John Cassidy are the showrunners on it. And yep, I'm mentioning it now because we haven't mentioned it before. Cool. And Omni is out in August. There. Coffin Bound, number one. Uh, this is Dan Waters writing, who did Deep Roots and does Lucifer. And again, kind of all I needed to know. The solicitation starts, cars, guns, entropy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, not enough of that good yep. old entropy. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good description. I'm not going to read the rest of the text. It's cars, guns, entropy. Yeah. If you like those things, it sounds good. And Dan Waters is very good. The White Trees, number one. Literally the perfect example of if I just see a creative uh-huh. team, period, the end and done, I'm reading it. This is Chibs Darsky, uh-huh. Christopher Anka, and Matt Wilson. Fuck you. Get out of my head. <laughs> and into my car. And into my car. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No. And it's going to have good, good fantasy boys in it. So am I, am the excite. I saw this and then I saw Chips Darsky and I was like, well, I want to read that. And then it went down and the first line was, in the fantastical world. And I'm like, yep. Sold. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Chips Over. writing fantasy? What the fuck? Yeah. Yes. Need it. Have I told the story out here about the time I bought his sci-fi book? Which was uh, like this, this like goofy tongue in cheek sort of sci fi space opera, you know, pulpy thing with a gay protagonist. And I bought it, and someone had in the bookstore stuck like a prayer request card in it. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's as funny to me as it is, but it is. Um, this is a two issue mini series, and each issue is 40 pages. Yeah. Um, so I'm in it. Yeah. I'm in it. It will only have to sit on my pull list for two months. It won't raise my count that much. I'm definitely getting both of yeah. these. Um Pretty Violent number one. I cannot fucking wait for this book. This is a little girl who wants to be a superhero. But the only problem is that her entire family is super villains. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very fun. Yeah. And it's no secret that I use comics as like my therapy. <laughs> and it, it the whole like solicitation text talked about the the rift between personal and family identity and I, I, I need this book. I need it. Yeah, this sounds really good. Fantastic four, Yancey Street, number one. Did we both do the well, there's the writer's name. I'm reading it thing on this one again? Because I did. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry Duggan. Yeah, also Greg Smallwood. Also Greg Smallwood. I honestly didn't get past Jerry Duggan. I'm like, well, Fantastic Four, <laughs> Duggan, yeah. 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 Um, I'm also reading the solicitation decks for this for the first time, and that is just someone with a marketing degree wrote this line, Mm-mm. because only someone with a marketing degree would write this line. The first of a series of regular essential releases expanding on the ongoing legend of the Fantastic Four and their world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds... I mean, that is the last way I would ever describe a Jerry <laughs> Duggan book. Um, but I'm very excited for it, other than the solicitation text that I just have to drag. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to whichever intern... Didn't get enough that. information on the book and had to make up shit on their own. Yes. We apologize. Yes, but way to make that marketing degree... Hell yeah. ...work for you. Sure. Uh... <laughs> Ghost Spider number one. Gwen's coming to Earth 616 to go to school. Yeah, get her marketing degree and write <laughs> solicitation text. 
Um, this one fell into my conspiracy corner. Gina's conspiracy corner. They literally have the word multiversity in the solicitation text. I was like, oh shit. Here we go. Kick yeah. this motherfucker off. And it's still Sean McGuire writing. Yep. So if you've been reading it, I assume it's just getting the new number because it's moving her to the 616. Yeah, it's probably a good place to start. Yep. Um, and Takesh Miyazawa is drawing of Runaways, original run, and many other things, but, mm-hmm. but Runaways. It will be good. Yes. Hey, Tim. Hey. Complete this. Fill in this blank for me. Okay. And there is a right answer. Okay. Blank strikes back. The Empire? Gwynpool! Oh, okay. But I knew you'd say that. <laughs> this one was the opposite. It didn't matter the creative team. I was getting this yeah. book. <laughs> uh, incidentally, though, did you notice who's the artist? It's the artist from Domino. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah. Gwen pulls back. She's trying to unmask Peter Parker. Excite. Yes. Very excite. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even read the text. I was just yeah. like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here is a mistake that Tim made. And it's a mistake that Tim made because it's not on his list and it should be on his list. And oh. It will be on mm. his list once I say yes. who's writing it. Future Foundation number one. I don't remember seeing Future Foundation. Written by Jeremy Whitley. Oh, that absolutely should have made it to yeah. my list. Yeah. Um, this will be spinning out of an issue of Fantastic Four that he's writing a backup in. Okay. And it's about the Future Foundation trying to find Molecule Man and piece him back together. I guess Molecule by Molecule. Oh. Um, and Julie Powers joins the team for it. Hold on. Let me edit my solicitations list because that absolutely needs to be on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, alas, the wasp is ending, but we get future foundation, yeah. so the future is not completely dark. Yeah, and and did you notice who it said is going to be a professor for these future foundation? Who's that? Kids, Yondu, Yondu, uh-huh. it's Yondu. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Stop teaching kids, Yondu. Yeah, I realized all the all the like God of War, Dad of War memes last year. <laughs> In comics, I realized later that every last one of those, the voice I was reading his yeah. voice in, was what's his name? Who, who plays Michael, Yondu? Michael Rooker. Michael, Rooker. Michael Rooker. Instead of Christopher Judge. I mean, I've never actually played a God of War game. Oh my god! So yes, ah, those harpies though, those fucking harpies. One hundred percent of the time, I read those in Michael Rooker's voice. <laughs> to me, Michael Rooker is the voice of Kratos. <laughs> That's so good, Kratos. Okay, I've never played one. There's a character named Kratos that's spelled the exact same way in Tales of Symphonia, so... It's Kratos. I'm learning a lot today. Kratos! Um, Marvel Comics number 1000. This was a lot of creative teams, so Mm -hmm. I will be getting it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I will definitely be getting this. And it's Al Ewing show running, and each creative team is drawing a different page, and it's like... 80 or 100 pages long. Is it like, like but it's got to be like one page. Well, yeah, it's one page. Period. It's like that X-Men advent calendar. Because there's so fucking many yeah. people attached to this no, book. It's like, like the, all I, of the people. Think of all of the people. All of the They're think all, of all, all the well, people. Other than, other than Tom King, I think, because I didn't see him at all. Well, anyone who's not exclusive to DC. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, though, the way... And again, I'm, I'm gonna keep dragging marketing people today. <laughs> the way they announced this made me so mad. Because it looked like they were announcing another wave of books. They did mm-hmm. the whole, we're gonna do like a whole page with just two creator names on it for like a week. And they're like, they're each doing a page in this book. Oh, that's what that was? It wasn't yeah. like... 
No, that they're was, all doing a series. They're just no, all doing a book. They're all doing a page, and no one would work with Chip. And no one would work with Chip. <laughs> Poor Chip. Yeah. Yeah. Impotent rage. I'm like, oh no, this sounds like such a great lineup of what they're going to announce at San Diego or wherever. Wherever, and oh my god, I'm going to spend so much money on comics, and no, I'm just going to spend money on comic. <laughs> going to spend exactly nine dollars ninety nine cents on comic. <laughs> It'll be less than that because I get a discount. Shut up. <laughs> It'll be like after tax, like eight something. <laughs> All right, Jim. Yeah. I. There should have been metaphysically, an asterisk on this one. I did a metaphysical spit take when I saw this on your list. <laughs> yeah. Major um, X number zero. Yeah. I know why this is here. Why is it here? Because you like the idea of him going back and remixing an old issue and putting all this structurally around this other thing, and it's weird, and... No? No. Uh, I'm I'm going in to see if there are sleeves. What? Oh. It's a one-shot. I only have to read one. I'm going to go look for sleeves. I'm on a hunt for sleeves. This is Jen's quest for sleeves. Have, have you been reading Matrix? No. Oh, okay. Brian has already confirmed that the sleeves change length throughout number one. This, this buddy <laughs> is... Is just full Rob Liefeld. <laughs> it is. He's writing and drawing, and just, just a one shot where I can just go and look for sleeves. This is the one I'm thinking of, right? Though, where he's taking like an old issue of Wolverine and adding pages around it to add. Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. That, that's really. What yeah. He's doing? Literally, he's like, it's like Wolverine number three hundred or something. It's probably uh, a lower number than that. N- no, it's one fifty four through one fifty five. Okay. Um. Yeah, and it's just framing around it. Yeah. That sounds really cool though. Yeah. There's there's Deadpool and and everything. And I I expect there to be so many pockets <laughs> on Deadpool's belt. There better be all of the pockets. I'm just saying if the sleeves can't maintain a consistent length when they're drawn all in the same month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They couldn't do it in one issue of fucking anyway. Anyway. Um <laughs> Quick, we're getting moving on. negative. Let's mention a Magdalene Visaggio book. It wasn't negative. It's fun. It's fun sleep it's hunting. Fun. Yeah. Yes. Fun, fun sleep hunting. Sleep hunting <laughs> is the sequel to Goodwill Hunting. I'm fine with that. It's just the movie of Rob Liefeld's life. <laughs> All right. Magdalene Visaggio. Five issue miniseries. Nick Robles art. God damn it. <laughs> Dr. Mirage, number one. Jin's going to read a Valiant book. I was like, I can probably... I can probably do without this one until trade, probably. But um, then it's Mags and Nick Robles. Fuck. Wh- why did this not make it onto my list also? Did you look at Valiant? No, I don't think I did. That's no. why. Yeah, I never looked at Valiant. I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna... let them tell me which ones I'll like. Yeah. Here's your solicitation text. Okay. All right. How do you solve the case of your own death? Paranormal expert Dr. Sean Fong Mirage was born with the ability to see and speak to the dead. An ability that has mysteriously stopped working. Have her powers failed or is something far more sinister at work? Will she figure out her fate and the fate of the ones she loves the most? Valiant's gripping supernatural mystery starts here. Yeah, I'm reading that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Um, Maul, number one. Michael Maurizi. Yeah. It's now, I just... Here's here's another little Alex spoiler on the sometimes I don't read the text. If it's a number one for a vault, I just immediately yeah, put it on my yeah, list. yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I did read the text. Yeah. yeah. And this is about uh, a, a shopping mall that still stands in an apocalyptic type landscape. And I am all for it. This sounds wonderful on every level. Yeah. I am hopeful 
that it is set after dark and that people who do not normally inhabit the mall come to the mall. So I can make a joke about being a, about it being a mall and the night visitors. Little O. Henry reference. You're such a dork. Like, you're the biggest of dorks. Who dorks the dorkman? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the, but this book is supposed to have like gangs of like brand name apparel. Yeah. And I, yeah. I need the Gucci gang. Yeah. Oh, you've you've fallen into the gap. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, this this sounds great. Just You can reach nothing in the gap. <laughs> That's how I always feel when I'm there and I have these tiny little T Rex arms that don't <laughs> they don't reach anything ever. And then I go to the gap and it's like, oh, it's up. On the highest rack. If you stare into the gap long enough, eventually the gap stares back. I mean, yeah, there's always people in there. <laughs> How do you think the war between the, the, the Old Navy and the Banana Republic went? See, I think no, that have we a, have they, poor person malls, and this is going to be a real person mall. <laughs> that's how I think. Like, we, we have... They have a treaty. They have a treaty. It's the same company. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think that just means that the old navy is the 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 navy for the Banana Republic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. wonderful. They just have Gene Boats. Yeah. <laughs> Gene, Gene Boats is a good dude. I remember old Gene Boats. I like Gene Boats. Yeah. Taught me how to fish that Gene Boats. It's a shame he drowned at sea. <laughs> it would be a fucking shame. <laughs> Irony. He couldn't swim. Well, he always had boats. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Necromancer's Map, number one. It's another vault book. It ties into Songs for the Dead. Yeah. It's vault. It's good. I, I just... Yeah. We're just... The vault. end. We're vault people. That's all there is. We have joined vault's post-apocalyptic gang. Yes. That is... Yes. That Gonna is do really it. All. Yep. Calamity Kate comes out in trade. It's good. Yep. Invisible Kingdom, which I know Brian is reading. Okay. And speaks very highly of. And I read the first issue of an early talk. Yeah. Christian Ward art. G. Willow Wilson writing. Yeah. Heroes in Crisis. The hardcover. I I could not make myself... Hard make, for crisis? Make a joke. Yeah, I couldn't make myself make a joke about that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm getting it. Wickdiv, volume nine. It's the last one. It's the end. This is the end of Wickdiv. There's no more. Somebody help me. There's no more Wickdiv after this. How am I going to live in this world? There's no more Wickdiv after this. Morning in America. Read oh, Morning in America. Pro- probably not. It'll also be. I mean, I will too. read it, but that's not. Yeah. That's not going to help me. And then the Forgotten Queen. Nice. Which I talked about on this episode. There are vampires. She makes a Dracula. The Dracula, in fact. <laughs> she makes the Dracula. She makes the Dracula. It's time to make the Dracula. <laughs> It's like making the donuts, but bloodier. Well, if you do it wrong, making the donuts can be plenty bloody. Little fang marks in your jelly donuts so that it comes out <laughs> a little bit. That's so cute. Vampire donuts. Oh my goodness. I'm going to be making some donuts now. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Except I'm going to fill them with like jalapeno jelly just because. <laughs> no, this is fine. Promise. Jelly filled. Mmm, good. <laughs> Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Hey, Tim. Hey. What are Thumbs? Uh, Thumbs is an interesting sounding comic about a tech guy sort of in the Mark Zuckerberg range who starts like this band of teenagers to fight against the government. And that sounds fun to me. Huh. Also, he's probably on a list. Probably. Yeah. So I think I want to give that one a shot. Cool. Uh, I mentioned Ignited earlier, or at least the humanoid stuff. Yeah. The first humanoids book is called Ignited. Yeah. 
It is out on Wednesday. I am very excited for it. I will be picking Sweet. that up as well. Yes, you should. Mm-hmm. I think I'm it'll be cool. I'm really excited for the Visagio one next month. Though. Yeah. I mean, all of them sound very cool. Yeah. You also have 10 Failsafe trade paperback on your list. It's a vault book that got past me. I didn't even read the description. <laughs> That's it. Just getting it. Yeah, I was like, how did you not make it into my box? I'm getting it. <laughs> That's going to be my new pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my dreams (laughs) 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 captain ginger comes out in trade did you read all of that or did you i read the first issue and i did too oh yeah I enjoyed the first issue. I just figured it'd be something I'd like better in trade. Uh, I could definitely see yeah. that, though. Okay, so I have this weird relationship to basically anything based on Star Trek. Have we talked about this on the show before? No. I don't know. Or maybe. maybe. I wasn't here with I've you. heard it enough, but... I've never watched much Star Trek. Like, I've seen the two... Because he's first... a heathen? Because he's a fucking heathen? <laughs> I've seen the first two J.J. Abrams movies. Uh, <laughs> of all the movies. I know. And I've seen the first two episodes of the original series. And that's it. Did you see that they're starting another series? Picard? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Who are you talking to? Come (laughs) on. I literally have four disco shirts. Um, But I have this weird soft spot for shows that are very specifically like someone trying to do their own take on Star Trek. (laughs) And, And this falls in that category. It's cats. Yeah. It's Star Trek, but they're cats. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, like, no. I mean, I loved Space Cases as a kid. Yeah. Um, I enjoy The Orville. The Orville's amazing. I'm going to have to I haven't seen season from... two yet. Yeah, okay. Cool. You don't like The Orville? I watch it. I don't hate watch it. Like, oh. I want to. Because <laughs> there, there are moments where I'm like, this is a really good show. And then there are moments where I'm like... I fucking hate this guy so much. Oh, I love period. Show. That's so good. Oh, I'm trying to think of the movie with Tim Allen that I can't remember. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Yeah, that's yeah. The name of it. I enjoyed Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I enjoy all this Star Trek adjacent stuff mm-hmm. without really ever having watched much Star Trek. <sighs> so you should just watch Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, you like, on... I like all this stuff that is emulating it. So okay, look, it's on my to do list. There's so much. There's so much There's Star Trek. So, like. There's so much Star Trek, which makes it difficult to find time for. Just go watch Disco. Just go watch Disco. You're fine. Um, But also the part of the to-do list that is stuff I'm already watching is unmanageable right now Mm -hmm. in terms of getting caught up. I mean, literally, I've got probably 10 seasons of TV from the last year that I'm behind on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I watch TV instead of sleeping, so I stay pretty caught up. See, I put on TV while I'm sleeping, but it's stuff I've already seen, so ideally I can fall asleep. I'm not not gonna fall asleep. Well, I so remain I just, optimistic. The other night I watched like ten hours of Outlander. Well, it wasn't ten hours; it was like six hours of Outlander, and I was like, "This is a really bad show. Why can't I stop it?" <laughs> I just watched Frasier for the eight thousandth time. I mean, there are some Frasers. Someday I will know Outlander. what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. No, you won't. Someday they'll stop calling. I'll just eat them. <laughs> allergic to lettuce and eggs are fairly high in iron so like i don't have that solution available. hand them to me give okay. them to me give me your tossed salads and scrambled eggs 
Get in my box. <laughs> Definitely my new pickup line. <laughs> Said you just can, like that. You can pull out your square scroll. And then you can just... <laughs> Get in hear ye, box. hear ye. Okay. Get in my box. <laughs> hey, does anyone remember we're still recording a podcast? Oh. I forgot. Mm. Two hours later. No. Yeah, it's time for Tim to go. So, Tim, tell me about Cemetery Beach and we'll stop. Okay. Uh, this one sounds like there's a whole lot going on in it. Uh, a professional pathfinder breaks out of a torture cell and into more problems, and it's written by Warren Ellis, so it's probably pretty good. Cool. A lot going on. Tim, anything you'd like to promote? Uh, uh, actually, I do a podcast with y'all. Uh, called Mind Tell Me Earth. More. Yeah, it's it's about Animorphs. I'm reading it for the first time, and y'all are rereading it, and it's fun. It's called Minds at York, and everybody should listen to it. We got to record on Tuesday. We do, yeah. which means I got to go consume more media immediately. This is the last of the David trilogy, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. He gonna yeah. he gonna die. He gonna, no, hey, hey, hey. Here you go. All right, we'll talk more about that on Tuesday. Yes. We will. Uh, also, on that is frequent guest host on this Meg. Yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mag, who has been on one fewer episode now than Tim. Woo-hoo. Oh, no. <laughs> this is a thing now, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I love this competition. Yeah. Meg may got it, caught up to him. May it last forever. <laughs> and now he's one ahead. Oh, and I'm no. stoking this rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We are available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com if you want to listen to older episodes or send us questions for the show. We normally get questions for live shows, but we'll do them anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to help us, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can share us with other people. Or if you are feeling monetarily generous, you can go to patreon.com slash panelology and support us financially. Yes. If you want stuff with our logo on it and maybe other things that might be in the works now, eventually. Yeah. You can go to bit.ly slash panelology merch, capital P, capital M, and get swag for a price. (laughs) That is how capitalism works. Did you know that? (laughs) Everything has a price. Everything. Everything. That was a wasted space. Huh? Wasted space this week. That's what the guy kept saying. Everything has a price. I am Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Tim. Go read comics. Crackly voice, crackly voice, crackly voice. <laughs> and I am Batman. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. We're all Batman. We are Bat Spartacus. I changed my mind. I'm Randy Savage. No, wait. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs>